Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. I'm excited, and you know, we said we wanted to do a conference with James, you know, uh, and Joe said, yeah, let's, let's do it on prophecy, you know, I couldn't have been more excited, and then uh, when it came to come together, and then I get to kind of do the little quizzing uh, of Joe for you guys, on your guys' behalf, and for the people that are watching also on live stream, and so forth, and we're going to be calling this, even though it's a Good Fight radio show, and so we're excited to be able to do that while we're here, but we're going to be calling this Naming the End Times Players. And the reason why is because that's really important. You know, well, let's just be straight up. We believe Biden is the Antichrist. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no we don't. Why does that have to be all over the internet? Look what they said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it'd be weird if the Antichrist, you know, boosts his pants and stuff. You know. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, but, but nonetheless. <laughs> No, but no, in, in all seriousness, it, it is really important to us, and we, we talked about it, and we're going to have to do a second episode that is separate from this, because on this one, we're going to be dealing specifically with the negative end times players, those demonic end times players and empires, whereas there are a number of positive. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's do another one to focus on 24 elders, right? The bride, who's, who's who? Revelation. In the wilderness and so forth. So we want to we talk about those things on a subsequent episode, and so hopefully everyone here will be able to follow that when we do it when we get back home. I don't know which week we'll do it, but we're going to be doing it, and maybe we'll even have James send out a text or something. What we need to do is make sure that everyone gets a chance. But we have kind of a script that we're going to try to follow as best as we can, and we'll see what Joe does with it. But nonetheless, we're going to start doing this, uh, and hopefully you guys will, will be blessed by it. And just so you know, we kind of jump around, obviously, from different texts and stuff. Daniel will come up, as we've already gone over a little bit of Daniel, obviously. Um, you know, the Olivet Discourse and so forth, Revelation. So the, if you have a chance to write these down and put it in your notes, it'll be a, a perfect time for that. And the first one, Joe, when it comes to naming the end times players or even the regions or whatever you want to do, the first one we want to talk about is what about the Beast Empire? So yeah. Name that player. Yeah, and by the way, we're not like naming who the Antichrist is and so forth, but we really need to pay attention to what's going on. I want to say this. It's, like, it's not like you have to know exactly who that guy is right now. You have to become very clear to believers because we'll have an angel flying through the mid-heavens, you know. Uh, some people say like the secret identity, like you gotta know this. And a lot of ministries thrive over revealing certain secrets and stuff. We just want truth, you know. And, and you just want to stick with God's truth because if you that's where you want to be. You want to abide in his word, amen. But there'll be, but at the same time, there will be a lot of deception regarding this because he will claim to be God. It's in the temple of God showing himself that he is God, right? And Jesus said, I've come my father's name, you receive not. If another one comes in his own name, him you're going to receive. That's a heartbreaking passage for the speaking of the Jews, right? And when you look at Zechariah and you see, you know, two-thirds of them perish during that time of the tribulation, a third are refined and go through the fire. And it's, it's pretty heavy. But we're not at the Antichrist yet. Just chastened the beast empire. And when you study the book of Revelation, the word beast can apply to three different entities, so to speak. It can apply specifically to the Antichrist, you know? Uh, I remember when I was first a Christian, Joe Witnesses and the Mormons were both knocking on my door. And I was sitting down with both Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons, and I didn't know any Christians yet. I was the only Christian I knew. So I'm like sitting with them, and the strangest thing is, is 
I was reading the scriptures, I was reading the prophecies, and, and they were talking about, you know, uh, giving me their view of what's, what's going on and stuff. And, and I thought, well, it's interesting because the, the, the Mormons were talking about, you know, paradise on earth. And the, the Jehovah's were talking about paradise on planet earth. And I was like, what about the prophecies in this book I'm reading? And they were saying, well, you know, and then I ended up buying Journal of Discourses. You know, which is 20-some volume one, which I still have, to see what the Mormons had taught for the years. And I'm reading where they talk about the beast. It's not like preterism, you know? Uh, the beast overcame the church, you know, in the second century and, and so forth. I'm like, wait, Jesus said, I'll build my church and gates and I'll not prevail against it. And it's important to be the word, because I didn't know any Christians, but I knew his word. So the Mormons were teaching that the church had been overcome and had to be restored through Joseph Smith. I knew based on what Jesus taught, that wasn't true. And when the Jehovah's were saying the mark of the beast, the number of the beast, that's not literal. There's not a literal antichrist. You know, Christians have that off. I'm like, and the beast. I'm like, well, right here it says the beast. His body is given to the flame. And it's the number of a man. I go. So it's kind of weird. When I was studying, when I, I didn't even know the debate on the Trinity, the deity of Christ. I was such a new Christian, but I was debating on that who the antichrist was. I go, these guys are like way off. They don't understand Bible prophecy. And I started to realize that a lot of the Christian church. I, you know, I become a Christian and I rejected both cults. And as I began to say, say, that was in the Word. Then I got to keep your Christian radio and Christian TV. I thought, wow, there's some really strange doctrines out there that don't match what I'm reading here. And I realized there's three different entities, so to speak, using the word entities loosely, called beast. And one is the literal Antichrist, okay? The number of the beast, the number of man, his number is 666. His body from Daniel is given to flame. Revelation, him and the false prophet. They're thrown in lake of fire a thousand years plus before they, Satan is. They're going to get a trial. Because their trial was on earth, everybody saw what they were. You know, Satan doesn't get trial either. He's left these for God's purposes a bit later. Every human will get the trial, though. Except for the great throne judgment, or you've already been accept Christ's condemnation on your behalf. He was condemned for us, amen. And we pass from death to life. So when we look at these different players, you look at the beast, you see that one is a man, which we'll talk about later. Uh, and the other is the beast that comes out of the Abuso, the, the demonic entity that possesses the Antichrist. And then the Bible speaks of the beast empire, you know. The, 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 on the beast are seven heads and ten horns. You know, that's the of the empire of the beast. So, what is the empire of the beast? And I'm going to give you an opinion, okay? You want to, it's good to check out different things. Uh, King James, only people I know who go off the tenets here. They kind, of, they kind of trip me out. It's like, they're like, no, God was correcting the Greek. When it says, I say, since Passover, here in the Greek, Moscow, in the Acts, you guys are translated to Easter. King James translated his office. That's from the Ishtar, perhaps, and pagan goddess. Well, he's correcting the Greek there. Really, with a pagan name, but then the King James translation say things like, "Check our translation out compared to other translations and see what's the best translation." It's good to use different translations. That's humble. It's beautiful. That, that's we don't want division in the church, right? We already learned too much division. And what gets, brings us the truth is His Word. What's well, the same thing? I think it's wise to say, "Okay, why are these different interpretations?" But what best not fits what I want it to be? What best fits what God's Word says? Okay. And regarding the Beast Empire, see, these are opinions here because prophecy. In hindsight, it is 2020, right? Right now, it's not 2020. So we have things to go upon. But the Beast Empire, and by the way, wasn't that awesome teaching Genesis? Yeah. You know? It had been more of an overview of the book of Daniel. It was really a, really a blessing. It fits into my study tonight. His mind's in Jeremiah, and it's called Hananiah Heresy. And I believe Hananiah was telling people, yeah, it's very clear, don't worry, we're not going to go through that seven years. And he wasn't preaching the name of Moloch or Marduk or Baal in the name of the Lord. And he didn't preach any heresies that we can see other than a false doctrine that we don't have to worry about that time. We're not going to be there. And then God took that very seriously. And I believe those who in the Babylon that fell for that, they were still, God was still dealing with them. He still cared about them. They were considered a cult. But they rebelled against him because of that teaching. That became very serious. So those who teach that we're not going through those times, 
We're gonna get all of that tonight. It's because it's different groups. Some are more off than others, and some of the teachings are more serious than others. And we'll talk about that because it can come and form a lot of ways of denying prophecy. And we'll get into that. But when it comes to you, you don't want to deny the players that are in the end times either. And when you look at the book of Daniel, as Chavez pointed out, there was that final empire, which is not always cool that Chavez said it's not really named. You know, the head of gold, Babylon, right? Which uh, corresponds with the lion, because you got chapter two. Are you going to get chapter two and seven, another teaching coming later or something? No, I'm okay, because I, I knew you wanted to get into it. So two and seven, I don't want to bury anything here any later. But chapter two and seven, Chad was going into there's some parallels there. And the head of gold was who? Babylon. That's you, Nebuchadnezzar. He just tells him straight up, right? And then you parallel that with chapter seven, and you have the lion. By the way, it wasn't too many decades ago where they found that the lion with eagle wings was the symbol of Babylon. Interesting enough, right? But then after that, you have these two arms, right? which is the Medo-Persian Empire, which came after. And these were all empires that subjugated Israel. That's one thing to keep in mind. That's why they're highlighted in succession of one another. And so you have this Medo-Persian Empire, and the Medes and Persians, one was huge, one was not as big. They were lopsided. And that corresponded with the bear, who Daniel says was lopsided. It was two empires that had joined together, right? And then after that, you have the Grecian Empire, right? So you go from gold head to silver, and Chad was bringing out those parallels there to the Grecian Empire, which was a leopard. There was a movie they made about the Grecian Empire called 300. And it's just a small group of people that overcome Persia. And that's, God said, they're a leopard. They're quick. Leopards are quick, right? But that fourth empire, the, the two legs of stone, or two legs of iron, uh, we know is the Roman Empire. We believe it's the Roman Empire because they succeeded the Grecian Empire. And they subjugated so much of the world compared to the other ones, you know, built roads and everything else. And... They were the empire that was around in the time of Jesus. And, and the people of the to come would be the Antichrist. Not saying too much about that last layer. So you look at all these things, you see the empire. The last empire, it says, was a diverse empire, right? It, 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 it was, see, we know what the Roman Empire, but that last one, that final one, that ten, has ten toes, right? Ten toes, that image had ten toes. It's, you're of, of uh, iron and clay. Well, if you look at the animal, that last animal is a diverse animal. He doesn't say what it is, he just, but he tells us that it had 10 horns. Well, then you get to the book of Revelation, and then, which I think this is really cool, you get to the book of Revelation, and you read about the beast that has 10 horns and seven heads. Five heads have been, one is, and one is yet to come. And then there'll be an eighth that comes out of the seventh, which will be the Antichrist. So the five empires that have been prior to John writing those Revelation, right? We know some of them, right? You have uh, Babylon, right? Babylon, and uh, then you have Medo-Persian, and you have the Grecian Empire. But who was before them that subjugated them? Egypt and Assyria were the two empires right before those other three. So there's five. Five have been, John says in the book of Revelation chapter 17. What is? Who's that? That's the Roman Empire. That's why I think those legs are Rome, right? That's why we think the legs are Rome. And, and so the Roman Empire was. They were just, what is? That's the Roman Empire. And there are these, these legs of iron. And now it's interesting now because the Roman Empire had two legs. And I want Chad, Chad does a really good job. I don't want him to just quit me. Chad, how, why do you think there might be two legs in the Roman Empire? Well, okay. Excuse me on this. In the Roman Empire, there was the Eastern and the Western. Right. Western. And what would be the Western portion of that empire today, perhaps? I mean, well, yeah. what region of the world, right? A lot of Europe stuff. Europe, and there's a lot of stuff there. Yeah, right, right. And then the Eastern Empire would be the Middle East and, yeah. and all the way to Turkey, because the capital of the Eastern Empire 
was, well, <laughs> called Constantinople, which is Istanbul, Turkey today. Is that guy that leads up Turkey? Yeah, everyone, he's, he's kind of an interesting guy, isn't he? So where does all this fit in? So when you look at the Babylonian Empire, it, it was figured as far as the animal goes, it looked like a what? What was, his, what was, what was the line, right? When you looked at the Middle Persian Empire, what did they look like? Uh, bear, remember lopsided bear? And what did the Grecian Empire look like? A leopard, right? Okay, so when we're looking at the Beast Empire, Daniel says this book is sealed, the book of Daniel. And I think what, the thing, there's things that are revealed that are real clear, right? But regarding end times, he's not giving us some of the details. Revelation, at the end of the Revelation, this is opposite, it's sealed this book, he says don't seal this book. So I believe God gives us some insight into that final Beast Empire. I think it's really, really profound. Go to Revelation chapter 13. And wow, I don't know how much time we have for each player, Chad. <laughs> I won't say. Okay, you won't say. When I see someone hungry, then we'll... Okay. Because are, are we on live today? We are on live. Oh, we're live. Praise the Lord for our brothers and sisters in the live stream audience. Love you guys. Uh, we're in Texas. If you're not far away from here, you can catch, catch us later. Because we found people that just heard some of our stuff, and they said, oh, I'm coming. I heard you guys are going to be in Texas, and we're nearby. So Revelation 13. Look at these verses, guys. The first two verses. He's going to describe that diverse. John says, but Jan says it was diverse. Never tell us much about it. He's got it on to but you, we get an insight into that last empire. Look at chapter 13, this beast empire. Verse 1. And the dragon stood on the sand of the seashore. Then I saw a beast coming up out of the sea, having ten horns and seven heads. And on his horns were ten diadems. And on his heads were blasphemous names. And now check this out. And you guys help me. Let's work together now. And the beast which I saw was like a what? A leopard. So the beast will be like a what? A leopard. Chad mentioned, I thought he did a really good job on that, that and, and he's covering the force, so it was pretty cool. Uh, but that, that the Alexandrian Empire, the Grecian Empire, he died young after he conquered, supposedly after he conquered, you know, uh, uh, Greece, or Greece conquered so much of the world, he was you know, supposedly wet because he had no one else to conquer, and then he got sick and then he died, you know, and uh, very young, you know, 30 to 33, very young guy. And, uh, but it was the Grecian Empire. But his empire split into four parts because, as Chad said, he didn't have any family that would take it over, which is very common. There was some family one was killed, but not, he was younger and he wasn't able to take it over, obviously, for his dad. Uh, but so the four generals took it over. And these four generals that took it over, one of those guys subsequent to him, because they had successors, was Antiochus Epiphanes. And he's who was prophesied to. And he went into the temple of the Jews, and he speared, had pure pig's blood, which was unclean spirit. Right? He had an image of himself made with the Greek god Zeus with his head. And that was not what Jesus was talking about with the abomination of desolation. That was a picture of that. Jesus said long after that about how Daniel prophesied about the coming of abomination of desolation. That picture of that. And uh, he had coins minted with Zeus and himself on them. That's just a powerful picture of the Antichrist, right? So what's interesting is he was ruling from Syria. So we look at the Grecian Empire, you don't want to think of just the Greeks. You want to think of these regions, right? And are the Syrians friendly to Israel right now? No. No. And remind me, if I mismentioned Syria, we'll talk about the Antichrist. It's kind of interesting that he was raiding out Syria. And uh, so we got the Grecian Empire. So you think of the regions in those areas, because a lot of times people say the Antichrist is from here, or he's got or the beast is the United States. I believe the United States is a player, especially the apostate anti God is really coming, you know? And, but I can't be 100% sure. I don't say it as, thus say the Lord. 
I say, oh, let's, let's, let's see who it is, ultimately. When we look at the beast empire, we've got Greece. Now look at the next part. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard, and his feet were like those of a what? A bear. Bears have to take big, strong steps, right? They tread on their foot. You look at a final land empire, feet of iron and clay, ten toes, right? Uh, the bear, what did the bear represent? The lopsided empire? The Medo-Persian empire. Hmm, the Medo-Persian empire. Who are the Persians today? Iran. By the way, you know how Iran got their name? From the Nazis. Aryan. <laughs> and they want to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. They talk about wiping them off the map of the earth over and over again. They're not really friendly to Israel still today, man. It's kind of interesting. You sound like a wild donkey, Joe. Yeah. I sound like a what? He's <laughs> 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 saying a wild donkey. Chad, why don't you explain that? That'd be good to get into for a minute. Well, yeah, that's the, the prophecy that uh, God gave to Hagar, to Ishmael, that he would be like a, a wild donkey. And even to this day, when it comes to Islam and what they believe happened in terms of who got the birthright, who was given the blessing, they believe that it was Ishmael and not Isaac who received the blessing. And so even to this day, that's what Muslims, they do not believe the story of the Bible about what took place there. They believe that ultimately the blessing came through Ishmael and that they are, and they will call themselves Ishmaelites. And the Bible prophesied quite clearly that they would be the ones kicking against the road. Right, and, and that's that's the point that he what he said there, they'd be like a wild dog kicking up there against them, right? But you think what Chad mentioned, glad you mentioned that part too, bro, where they did the kind of, you know, change the deal. Oh, no, the promise comes from, you know, not through Isaac, right? But through Ishmael. And there's a whole plan on that in Galatians chapter three about the works righteousness and salvation. And in Islam, your works are put on scales, and it, the bad, good works outweigh the bad works, and you win, well, no one wins. Guess why? Because we don't have any good works by which we can offer the God for our righteousness to get in his kingdom. Amen? It's all one horrendous demonic lie. And as we know, Muhammad himself believed he was possessed. He told his wife that he's a possessed poet and so forth. He that before. And Islamic scholars admit that he claimed to be possessed and he was going to kill himself, commit suicide. We said, oh no, that demon is probably the angel Gabriel. You have to listen to him. And it's interesting because he claimed to be a descendant of Ishmael. And Islam, it's a spirit. It's not a people. It's not about, it's not about ethnicity, guys. There's Indonesia. There's Muslims, right? It's a spirit that's over the Middle Eastern area, and the people are like a wild donkey because it's a, it's a. We spread the good news and we die not to kill others. We die presenting the good news sometimes as Christian martyrs, right? They'll blow themselves up to kill babies and everybody else, and then they'll send gifts, which is like in the Revelation when they kill uh, people of God. So it's interesting though this switcheroo thing going on. Ishmael, Isaac. No, it's through us. We get the promised land. You go to Israel, go to the Temple Mount, you have the Dome of the Rock. You have the all outs of Mosque. That's not an accident. We're going to get into that more in more detail a little bit later. But what's going on? Why, the most, why is that the most debated piece of real estate on planet Earth? Because God set up his temple there. Because God put his name in Jerusalem. Because the Lord, because Satan always wanted God's throne. He wanted to exalt himself to heaven. He couldn't get God's place. Boom, cast out of the earth. Now he has to access. He can accuse us. Now what can he get on earth? The closest thing to get to God's throne is Jerusalem, that Temple Mount. That's what's going on there. And then it's all switched, okay? It's all backwards. That's the way they say it works, right? God's a bad guy. Anyway, so Persia is Iran, right? The Grecian Empire, uh, after the 50s, rolled through, through Syria. And also you gotta watch out for Greece because when Germany was bringing their, they, you know, they wanted to be paid back all the money they lent them and stuff, just a few years back, uh, they were saying, hey, if, you don't, if you're gonna keep putting pressure on us with austerity, where we have to, cut back on our spending and stuff like that. And we're going to let all the immigrants, all the Muslim immigrants go into Europe through us, you know? So they're, they're, keep your eyes on all these guys, right? But also, we don't have just those two mentioned. What else do we have? 
as a leopard, his feet were like those of a bear, his mouth was the mouth of a what? A lion. What was the lion? Babylon. Babylon is modern day what? Iraq. And we vacated Iraq. Guess who's filling in for Iraq right now? By the way, and there's different types of Islam, as you know, there's the Shiites and the Sunnis. It's kind of interesting how the Shiites, who have the most detailed passages prophetically about a coming world leader, dominate Iran, Syria, and much of Iraq from that way. That's really interesting to me. Yeah, comment on that? No, yeah, no, it's just interesting too, uh, you know, back, you know, that Saddam Hussein actually had created inscriptions on the wall that called himself Nebuchadnezzar II. That's right. Uh, back in the day, and he was calling Iraq Babylon. And, and that was back like, in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. That's a while ago. I was, you know, I was barely alive. Yeah, and a lot of Christians back then were saying uh, that was alive. Back in those days, uh, people were saying, he's the, he, you know, that's Babylon, the rebuilding Babylon. I know not. Not Unless the end times don't come from hundreds of years, because that is not the commercial center of the world. I don't think it's going to be for some time, you know. But because uh, Babylon is mystically called, Mysterion called Babylon, just like Israel is called mysteriously Mysterion Saudi Egypt, which we'll get into a little bit later. So listen to Psalm 83. Uh, it says, you know, Song of Asaph, O God, do not remain quiet. You know, uh, do not be uh, silent, O God. Do not be still. He talks about the nations that are rising up against Israel. In the end times. For behold, your enemies make an uproar, and those who hate you have exalted themselves. They make shrewd plans against your people and conspire together against your treasured ones. Oh, the Bible does teach us a conspiracy. Ah, you want to stay with the Bible? You want to stick with the Bible's conspiracies, all right? Now make up your tinfoil hat ones, you know, the Verse 3 They have said, Come and let us wipe them out as a nation. Sound familiar? That's just right out the right of the word. Uh, that the name of Israel be remembered no more. For they have conspired together with one mind against them. And they made a covenant. The tents of Edom. Woo! The tents of Edom. Those are the people that lived up in that area of Petra. And the, and the Ishmaelites. That's the Arabs, descendants of Muhammad. Or, sorry, Ishmael, Muhammad, and others. Moab and the Hagrites. Okay? Gibal and Ammon and Amalek and Philistia and the inhabitants of Tyre. Assyria. Okay? And those regions of Assyria. Uh, not just Syria, but actually beyond Syria, uh, they have uh, come up to help the children of Lot. Deal with them as with Midian, uh, as with Sisera and Jabin, and the Torrent of Kishon, and, and they become done and so forth. Now it's interesting, also if you look at Ezekiel, which we don't have time because we're going to get another player, but if you look at Ezekiel chapter 38 39, you look at different players that are mentioned there by name. Some of them are unidentifiable right now, or I should say they're at least disputed, but some of them, most of the ones that are identifiable, are Muslim territories right now. And there's, there's those, that's those regions that come up against Israel in times. So uh, there's a, a great book out there. Uh, we don't agree, of course, with everything George says, but he said has a lot of good things in this book on the Islamic Empire. He does a really good job on He doesn't cover a lot of what I've been covering just now. So it's kind of a good compliment to what we're talking about now because he goes into some of those players that are mentioned in Ezekiel 38 through 9 and does a good job there. And I'm, I'm glad that people are starting to say, okay, wait, since these prophecies are given, in, and they have these ancient enemies, and the ancient enemies are mentioned in the end times, shouldn't we be looking for, uh, and there's a lot of will, there's a lot of money, there's a lot of power growing there, and when you see, how, well, how does this fit with the United States? I think it fits really well at Canada's love, uh, because, uh, and we'll get into that when we get into the next players, but right now, now I do have to be honest with you, because the only check I would have about this possibility is if 
these, these, these aspects of this final empire is that whatever this final beast system is in, it could just simply be taking on the characteristics of these different empires in the end. That's a possibility too, okay? So by stating that, I'm not like rebutting my own argument. I'm just saying you want to understand there's rebuttals to certain things that you can look at too. So these are things to look for, okay? Uh, but at the same time, it makes more sense when you see in Psalm 83, you look at Ezekiel chapter 38, 39, with what we're talking about Revelation chapter 13, you put it all together, it really looks like it's the region getting stronger in the end. Okay, that's what it looks like to me. But I, I'm very careful not to be super dogmatic where there's other possibilities. But I do want us to think those things over again because it looks like the beast empire is the, is the Islamic. I mean, it fits with the spirit that's there that's so anti-Christ and so anti-Israel that they would have the motivation to just try to wipe out Christians and wipe out, wipe out Jews. So to me, I have pretty strong conviction by Islam. You know, there's other ideas, other ways you could possibly look at that, but it doesn't look pretty. Okay, it doesn't look pretty. And when, it'll make more sense if we identify the other players. Yeah, speaking of not looking pretty, the next uh, and the next part we want to look in terms of the ensign player is the whore Babylon mentioned specifically in Revelation the 17th chapter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Lord, help us not to spend too long on this. Uh, there's a lot. Of, a lot of most uh, the reformers felt like the whore Babylon is pretty much the Roman Catholic Church. Okay. Uh, and I don't doubt at all that she'll play a role personally. I mean, I don't mean to say to say, say back, wow, I think the Catholic Church involved. He's have been involved for years in deception, and they have over you know a billion and a half people or so under under their influence to one degree or another. But and, and Chad had mentioned uh, when Peter was mentioned, First Peter about Babylon, those in Babylon and so forth. Uh, you know, he talked about Rome right there. And Dave Hunt wrote a, a, a very very interesting book called about, you know A Woman Rises Beast, a very fascinating book. He, Dave was such a really good researcher. Missed that guy. Uh, Get emotional and think about them because you know. In fact, Jackie, I met you. That's where I met you on a backpacking trip with Dave, right? Yeah, that's right. That's awesome. We had a great time, and uh, you know, it was a wonderful time uh, with Kern River. Some really good memories. Uh, and but and a good friend of mine, Chris Pino, uh great guy. He's really strong on that on that uh, that that whole teaching and so forth with the Jesuits and so forth. And and I don't deny that they're players, but I have a a view that's a bit broader regarding who this part of it is in the end times. Because I do believe that there's spiritual Babylon, for sure. But I don't believe that it's just the Roman Catholic Church. I believe mean, it's the New Age movement, the occult, that false spirit that permeates the world. Because I try I drive all the way back to Babylon, which existed long before the Roman Catholic Church. The Roman Catholic Church has been Babylonized, right? So they've been affected by that spirit. But uh, there's in our country, the New Age movement has way more influence on individuals than the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, and they cult and so forth, and their teachings go back to Babel, and Babel, they teach astrology, Isaiah 47, and all these different things, we talk about mediums, and all those things that the Lord forbid the Israelis to get involved. So there's a spiritual aspect of Babylon, uh, but there's also the commercial aspect. And you look at chapter 18, I mean, there's more emphasis on the commercial aspect of Babylon as running the world with their commerce than, than there is the spiritual aspect, actually. And... Please, you just tell me who this sounds like, okay? Uh, she commits fornication with the kings of the earth. So she's influencing the kings of the earth to a degree like no other people group, okay? Uh, when she's destroyed, or she has ports on the other side of the planet from Israel, in the hinder areas. Uh, she subjugates not only nations to herself, but she corrupts them with an immorality. What nation? Perhaps a lot of other nations with immorality pretty much more than any other nation. I mean, think who, who would that possibly be? I mean, come on, I, I have to say, 
My heart's broken. When we go on mission trips to other countries, it's, it's our foreign policy a lot of times. We went to Uganda, and they're talking about how Rick Warren was saying that, you know, that Uganda's going to light up in homosexuality. There's, what do you think about that? Hillary Clinton saying we shouldn't get any money until we accept homosexuality. Uh, I'm going, I'm in Israel, and it's MTVs blasting every one of the TVs. I'm like, wow, we are corrupting so many people. And now, when I talk about America, I'm not, talk, I'm not saying don't think about the beginning of our nation, although there's a mixture of the beginning of nation. It wasn't just Puritans, you know, there was Masons and Deists and so forth. We were honest about the beginning of our nation. There was that theme, like, look at your dollar bill, you know. I am the triumph, I am the pyramid, and so forth. Which I think that's 34 knows about much later, but there's always been that Masonic influence, right? There's always been that spirit here, and that spirit's always been Antichrist and also a false representation of Christianity. But uh, she rules over the kings of the earth. When she's destroyed, it says the merchants around the world lament for her and weep because who will buy their goods? If the value goes up the smoke, the merchants be going, oh, I can't believe this has happened. Who's going to buy our you know, cars? No, it doesn't fit. It does fit spiritually to a degree, so I'm not denying that. I'm saying it's just a bit broader kind of thing. What country, come on, if they destroy, if that country's destroyed, well, the other countries say, who's, who's the biggest consumer in the world? It's us. You know? Oh, this is the one. If the beast empire is the Middle East, like we're saying, it says that the beast will hate the woman, and the woman rides the beast. Who's riding that territory? Why are so many Muslims upset calls the great Satan? Because of the Christian faith? No. Because we try to pull on the strings over there. Right? I mean, if there is somebody riding, that, if, that, if that's the beast territory, we're right about that. Who's riding that territory constantly? More than anybody else? It's the United States. Okay? And I'll say this. I'm not talking about the good things about our country. We praise God for the beautiful things and so forth. Because sometimes, I don't know, Daniel, Jeremiah, I kind of feel like Jeremiah sometimes. Don't even feel like that. We're giving the bad news to people. You know? <laughs> and he doesn't seem like he was a traitor to his country and so forth. Because it's like, we're going on Nebuchadnezzar. We've been bad. They didn't like to hear that message. It's, this is not a popular message, okay? But I'm like, we're trying to identify. If the, by the way, if the end time happens in our lifetime, the power and everything's going to have to shift to a whole other country than Babylon, to another people group. You see what I'm saying? So I'm saying, if it happens in our lifetime, we, the players are active right now, and we know there's players that are active right now, but I'm saying it's end time players, and it's to the zenith where it looks, it looks, and we can go into it more and more, but we've got to cover two more uh, uh, entities. And, uh, but it, it, we've got bases all over the world, military bases, guys, more than the other countries put together. That's my boggling. We got power. And the sad thing is, who's ruling us? Think about it. Yeah, you got Biden, you got Kamala, Kamala Harris, is that me? Kamala Harris? You, know? you got all kinds of different people that are scary people, you know? And they are constantly pushing the envelope trying to get us to accept this whole false will uh, mindset. Our country, Hollywood, the music industry, it's like a cesspool here, man. And these are the people that have risen to power. And uh, unless there's a huge power shift with commerce and, and the output of immorality to other nations and so forth, uh, which I don't see coming personally, you know. Uh, a lot of my pre trade brothers and sisters say, oh, well, we're the rapture and all the Christians are in America. No, but we're getting raptured and then it just diminishes the power. We're, not, we're never mentioned in the, in the Bible. They say, we're never mentioned in the Bible. I'm like, oh, I think we might be, okay? No, I think it's interesting you mentioned the, the spirit also because, you know, thinking back to Daniel, the spirit of Babylon, when in, in Daniel chapter 1, when they take the vessels of God, those vessels from the temple, it says specifically they take them to Shinar, yeah. which is specifically what Genesis 11 tells us is the place of the Tower of Babel. Yeah. It's very interesting when you think of them building a Tower of God. When you think of the New Age movement, as you mentioned, 
All of these things are not only our God, but God inside of us is building this temple already that is far different than the one, obviously, that we're supposed to have in us being a temple of God, but building our own selves as our own gods, as in the New Age. Right. And real quick, I want to tag you on a little bit, because there's also a picture of Zechariah of this big stork, you know, not taking a baby, but the woman in, you know, in the basket in Babylon, or, you know, her, her name is, like, abominable. And it shows, like, the mantle of, of like, Babylon being transported kind of thing. And my point is, is that in the book of Revelation, when it says mystery Babylon, it's mysterious on Babylon. Like, there's a mystery. Try, figure this out. It's not literal Babylon in the Valley of Shinar now, but it has the occult characteristics and dominating God's people and trying to become the center of the universe and, and so forth. So that same word is used in uh, chapter 11 of the book of Revelation where it says, it speaks of the, where the Lord was crucified. And it says, which, where was the Lord crucified? Just outside the city of Jerusalem, right? It says, which is spiritually called Babylon, I'm sorry, spiritually called Sodom and Egypt. You go to Israel right now, and it says the Lord returns, and one of the prophets that will expel the evil spirit from the land. Right now you go there, you get Sodom and Egypt. Okay, you have the occultism. A lot of Jews are atheists, you know. Uh, they are being brought back into the land physically first, it says, before they're spiritually renewed as equal. That's coming. It'll be all Israel shall be saved. God's not done with Israel. But there's a huge test. We call, you know, it's called Jacob's trouble. And, but right now, if you go to Israel, we've been there. They have, you know, uh, Tel Aviv. I mean, they have huge gay parades. And it's, and that's considered to be woke and enlightened. And occultism is everywhere because a lot of them are into Buddhism and different forms of the occult. When you talk to them, they're not usually rooted in their teachings of the prophets. They're into a lot of the junk. So it's mysteriously called Saudi Egypt, Israel right now. But it's not literally Saudi Egypt. But when it says mystery Babylon, that's why we say, okay, who is has this Babylon in their spirit, you know what I'm saying? And is doing the things that we read about in Revelation. And believe me, I mean, I'm born, like most of you, raised in the United States. I praise God for a lot of our heritage, but guess what? You know, the crazies are running the insane asylum right now, okay? I mean, that, that, the word's going, you know? And even when you say, well, we've got these pain chances because Trump, da, da, da. you know who Trump had in his, in his spiritual cabinet? Headed by Paula White? That doesn't bode well for us, spiritually speaking, okay, guys? I mean, that's a whole other deal, but... No, yeah, no, the prostitute battle, I would no, Yeah, it's really important, you know, we talk about this a lot, you know, we're talking Jeremiah, Hananiah, and it's, it's, it's something difficult to be like, hey, you know, we're meeting Hananiah, and we're like, no, we got to get this, that, and the other, and we have millions of babies and the blood on our hands here in this nation. You know, most of you guys, a lot of people talk about, oh, you know, this guy's a good guy, he's just not saved yet. And but the reality is, is most of the good guys that you know that don't know the Lord are totally fine with a baby being dismembered and vacuumed out of their mother. I mean, that's a reality. You know, we have to recognize that, and that's legalized in our country. And you mentioned Israel; that is legalized to one of the latest terms in all of the world. It's late stage abortion there, so it's important for us to recognize. Yeah, that. So quickly along those lines, because somebody just showed me, you know, so I just saw it. So I'm not gonna say it's legit, but I'll see why it would be. But it was uh, Gene Simmons, you know, of Kiss. See, when you see someone the vac unvaccinated amongst us, you see them, they're the enemy. Okay. So you have people saying now, now that's not the mark of vaccination, it's not the mark of the beast, but you can get a little idea of how what it's leading up to eventually. So I'm not saying if you're vaccinated, that's that you're gonna have the mark of the beast. I'm just saying the systems that they're putting in place right now, the truth better be waking up, man, because a lot of times you're already being, you know, AWOL or not AWOL, you're being just, you know, basically blackball. If you, in a lot of areas, you know, I was just talking to your sister, you know, with her job, and it's like, I, over and over again, I hear these sad stories, you know, uh, with the nurses, right? Sister Esther, man, she's a nurse, and uh, she's been fighting the battle, and it's like, how many thousands and thousands of nurses were in the front line when they didn't even know what, for all they knew, COVID would kill you pretty quick. They're risking their lives, right? 
And now those nurses, the same nurses that risk their lives, many of them which have got COVID on the front lines and have greater immunity, according to some studies, than those who have the vaccination are being fired left and right. This is a mess. This is all messed up. And this is our, our leadership. But as Chad said, we've got 65 million babies that have been murdered in our country. And it's a lot of land. So don't act like this is a righteous country. You know, we got to be careful. You go to this school, you want your school, your school's a better school than the school across town. And that's the mentality sometimes people have with their country. They just, no matter what the country does, it's the best. No, it's like, we got some great things in our country, some great heritage, but we're losing a lot of that. And our country has largely become a prostitute putting money before righteousness is what prostitutes do. Yeah. Well, I guess this one will be a lot easier. Uh, Joe, who's the Antichrist? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, some believe he's alive right now. We can say this for sure. I think we're out of this. Uh, is that just as the Lord God has prophets, right? And that led to Christ. And a lot leads us to Christ, and, you know, and so forth. But you had John the Baptist, the voice crying the wilderness, preparation for his coming, right? The Antichrist is getting a lot of prep right now. It's just the reverse of that. I mean, remember the, if you were able to see last night, the Marvel DC, Warren God, right? Can you see how all that is conditioning? Just mass conditioning against God. And you saw the tip of the iceberg, okay? That's tip. And I'm like, man, I wish I could show a lot more. How long was that presentation, by the way, from the beginning? I never asked. I just get an idea because I'm going to try to put that. wasn't even one of the seven. That was little pieces. I'm going to try to put that part out. And when I try to put that out, it's just one part because it's like the best of it. tells the story of what's going on. And try to get that out for free as an as a evangelistic tool because it shows over and over again the bad guy looks like Jesus and the good guys are united with the, the gods. And, and the nations to fight against this threat. It was just mass condition, especially as they showed you over and over again. The top writers mentioned that they practice college magic. They're touching the demons of Zimbabwe. And everybody's like voting them as the best comic writers. Like, yeah, they're doing the same thing they did in the music. So there's all this conditioning going on. So it's, we don't know who, I mean, some might know who the Antichrist is because everybody's guessing somebody, so somebody's gonna be right if you go, hey, hey, you know? But I don't wanna, I don't wanna, I don't like to play pin the tail on the Antichrist until I know it's him. <laughs> One thing, by the grace of God, I have track records. By the grace of God, I have a pretty good track record of people who can't go back and say, you said this was going to happen at this date. Never do that. I'd rather, why be sensational and why even go there? It's like, so I don't want to ever say this is the other Now, if I see a guy saying, hey, I want the number when they put up people's right hands before it, this happened to 666, I'm like, I think I, think I can say that. He's the <laughs> But uh, at the same time, I'll say, I'll say, watch out for certain people at times, you know. But I'd rather look at what does the Bible describe as the Antichrist? Jesus says something very important. He said, I can't my father's name, but we know that comes in his own name. So he doesn't come in the name of the father. There's a couple reasons I don't believe he's necessarily a Jew. Because a Jew would come in the name of the father. And some will say, well, the Jews won't accept the Antichrist if he's not Jewish. Well, uh, would the Muslim accept him if he was Jewish? <laughs> That's a whole other argument. There's a lot more of them, right? He could be mixed here. He could be Jewish yet. I mean, you look at Herod, you look at the, the puppets, they, sometimes they were cross, you know, because they were accepted by both peoples and saved very smart like that. So I don't want to say we want ethnicity he's going to come from, but I do want to say this. There's a possibility he may come from a certain region. Uh, and I look at some prophecies regarding the Antichrist, and when you look at what's going on in the Temple Mount, we know that the Antichrist spirit denies that Jesus is the Messiah, that he's Christ in that. You know, who's a liar? The one that denies that Jesus is the Christ. And it says the Antichrist denies the Father and the Son. Denies the relationship between the Father and the Son. What's one of Islam's strongest cards that they play? That, that Allah is God and he has no son. That's doctrine of Antichrist. That's on the Temple Mount in Al-Aqsa Mosque, where the Antichrist is going to set up shop and on the, the Dome of the Rock. 
In Arabic, it says over and over again, Allah's God, this is one of their creeds, right? Allah's God, and he has no son. I was like, wow, it's like they took that out of First John. Who's Antichrist? We deny the Father and Son. And that is on the Temple Mount, and they want to rule. It's the third most holy state for Muslims, right? And when you look at that, you're like, wow, that's being prepared. It's not an accident. And I'll tell you what, this is not an accident at all, spiritually speaking. Because if you look at the opponents who John, it's just try to follow this. It's not that difficult. But you got to connect a few dots with me. When you look at the, uh, what, who John's addressing in 1 John, he's addressing the Gnostics. Almost everyone in your study Bibles in the beginning will say, you know, he was addressing, uh, you know, incipient Gnosticism, proto-Gnosticism, beginning of the Gnostic teachings. Because the Apostle John, according to Irenaeus, who sat under Polycarp, who sat under John, Irenaeus tells us that John went into the bathhouse with his disciples and Serenthus was there. Serenthus was a false teacher, he was a Gnostic. John says, let us leave this house, let us, this bathhouse, unless the, the, the ceiling falls upon, the roof falls upon our head because the, the, the son of Satan is here, you know? You know what Serenthus taught? That Jesus was just a man, but at his baptism, the Christ spirit fell upon him, making him Jesus Christ. Otherwise, he was like you and I. I mean, he would say he was an extraordinary man, but he was a man. And the Christ spirit came upon him, then he became Jesus Christ. But Jesus isn't the Christ. It's, it's because he's a man that the Christ spirit came upon now, later, the Valentinians and other Gnostic groups would make very sophisticated models of the cosmology of Gnosticism. They were the most Valentinians, where they get these different eons, and like the Logos and, and, and Christ, Christ or, and Sophia, and these different entities that could rest upon you, give you wisdom or power or some kind of anointing. So they taught that Christ, when we think of Jesus Christ, we understand he's God in the flesh, amen. And they separated the humanity is not the word that came became flesh. It's just a man that Christ's spirit rests upon and that's identified as Antichrist. And the Gnostics, when you go through the second century after that, you start to see some of their teachings. And I don't have time to develop them. We've talked about this in some of our studies, is that their teachings were picked up by Islam. Okay? The idea where, you know, Jesus uh, turns, you know, when he's a child, he claps his hands, he turns these... Infancy Gospel of Thomas. Yeah, the Infancy Gospel of Thomas and stuff. Muhammad was influenced by these. And... Because they admit he was eclectic. He picked up from the Jews, he picked up from the Christians, he picked up from the Gnostics. But you know the things that he picked up from the Gnostics that I think most important? The Gnostics denied, first John, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. That he is. Now we say, well, they say, well, we believe he is he's the Christ, you know, he's he's a Messiah. They believe he's a Messiah in the sense that he was anointed with oil. Okay? Not that he was the uh, savior of the world and that he's the son of the Father. They deny that the Father has a son. They deny Jesus. So they picked up that idea from the Gnostics, which was the main heresy of the Gnostics. And they built a religion around it to conquer Christianity and say, no, that's idolatry to believe that he's the son of God. So now this is important because we have the identity of the Antichrist doctrine right there on the Temple Mount. This all ties together with the Beast Empire stuff we did. Really, right? Think about it. Now, now put this together. You have the denial that he is the Christ, the son of God. You have the denial that he died for our sins. You have the warnings in the scriptures. John says this is the spirit of Antichrist. You have Paul says, if the angel comes to preach another gospel, then that which we preach, that would be a curse, right? Paul would emphasize in Galatians that Jesus is the Son of God. He emphasized that he died for our sins. Those cardinal teachings in the Christian church are denied by Islam. Now, let's get a little bit deeper into this. So you have that he's, the right carpet is laid out for him. Now you have the, the, the Shiite Muslims teaching that they, they, remember yesterday when we looked at Marvel and DC, how they just keep inverting the story? You know, the Christ figure is the bad guy. You know, the humans uniting with these spirits together against him is the good guy. That's what Islam does. Think about this. Islam teaches in Genesis. When we read Revelation chapter 
5, or to chapter 6, the first verses of chapter 6 when the seals are being opened. Who is that first? Not talking about the second white horse, the one who comes on the white horse, right, with many diadems, right, and the word of God, and, you know, the sword coming from his mouth. That's Jesus, right? But prior to that, years before that, in the beginning of the tribulation period, there's another white horse, right, not with a sword, but with a bow. And he goes forth conquering and conquering, not with a diadem, but a stephanos, a conqueror's crown. And he goes forth with a bow to conquer. Most theologians that are futurists identify him with who? Who's the one that comes to the beginning? Conquering. The Antichrist, right? At least the false peace movement, because that fits really well with Matthew chapter 24, the false Christ, the false prophet, beginning of the tribulation period. He's on a white horse and conquering. Guess what the Hadiths teach? The Mahadi will come in with. Their, their Christ figure will come in with. On a white horse. Guess what he'll go into? Jerusalem. Guess what he'll be doing? Conquering, kicking rear end. And some of the Hadiths say that he'll reign for seven years. Sound familiar? Uh, and guess what he'll do? He'll behead those who don't follow him. Does that sound familiar? Oh, by the way, when the two witnesses are put to death, two witnesses are killed after they prophesied for 42 months, they're killed. What do the people do in the nations? They give gifts to one another. That sounds so strange to us, but in Islam, what happens when terrorists kill people? They give gifts to each other. Come on, think about this, guys. It's so weird. This is a living book, right? It's like, wow, they give gifts to each other. Uh, they behead. They are looking for a leader that's going to rule Jerusalem, and they're going to try to kill the Jews. What's the, what's the Antichrist going to do? He's going to kill a good bunch of Jews and Christians. They say when he comes, he's going to kill the people, of he's going to destroy, uh, not only, well, when the Antichrist comes, he's going to destroy many. It says, they say, well, when he comes, the trees and rocks, because they're going to kill so many Jews, the trees and rocks are going to cry out and say, there's one light behind me. And they recite that in all the mosques throughout the world, by the way. That, that's a saying, supposedly, from uh, Muhammad, you know? And guess what? Ha, they're not only going to kill the Christians or the Jews, but it says they're going to kill the people of the cross, destroy the people of the cross. That's us. The Bible says the Jews, we believe the Jews, the woman, not to get that, who the good players are, but we believe the woman is, is Israel, the rise that goes in the wilderness. Because she's described with the 12 stars, the sun, the moon, back in Genesis, that's Israel, right? That's not done with Israel. And by the way, I love my preacher brother, but after we came out with Left Behind Us, right, people were saying, I thought about Israel more than. Almost anybody, okay? My message, I can't get away from certain things. I can't get away from talking about Israel. But all of a sudden, people say, oh, yeah, he doesn't believe God has a plan for Israel. I'm like, what? You know, if Ted Walker speaks at a church every couple years, whatever, we get him, you know? Uh, I do so much teaching on Israel as, a, as an apologetic thing to witness to people as well. And I love the Jewish people. I'm like, you know what? Let's, let's, let's do this fair, you know? Anyway, so I want you guys to understand that the, when we're talking about the coming Antichrist, it's like, the, it's like Satan took the book of Revelation and rewrote it the opposite way to prepare the Muslims for the Antichrist. Okay? So it's the Shiites that follow the Hadith, and that's, by the way, the Hadiths are more prominent in Iran, Syria, and ancient ancient Babylon, Iran, Iraq, ancient Persia, Iran, and Syria, or the Antichrist, than any other regions in for the most part in, in, in the Muslim world, which I think is very chilling. Because they and I'm just scratching the surface. There's all these we can go through 20, 25 parallels between what the Antichrist about the Antichrist and his coming kingdom, and what's going on with not just the beast, but that might segue with the Antichrist, that might segue as well as the false prophet. No, it's true. And you know, I always think of Micah 5 2, you know, I want these of us the you know great text during Christmas, right? Jesus born in Bethlehem, you know, his ways from eternity, and then right afterwards it does talk about the Assyrians, and it says that he's gonna wage war against the Assyrians. Yeah. as well, came against his people, which is interesting because, as you mentioned, Syria, Mesopotamia, Syria, Turkey, all those areas, 
Um, That's right. So really interesting. All right, so that brings us to our last player, even though we're already over our time. But nonetheless, <laughs> I see James is hungry. That's why. <laughs> uh, but, but, and also before we get to the last one, and it'd be great because you guys are hearing a ton of information and maybe somebody like, yeah, but I, I didn't know this part. I, I didn't understand this part. Great time to write down some questions during the lunchtime and try to get them to me uh, beforehand. And if you would be willing, we'd love to have a few questions so that we can do our Q&A show right after lunch. Um, before I ask the last question, Joe, which is you've gone through the Horror of Babylon, you've gone through the Beast Empire, you've gone through the Antichrist. So now, who is the false prophet? Yeah, and you know, because I do believe that Roman falsehood plays a part of the heart of the religion, but I believe it's more expansive. Uh, man, we don't know how this would go. This this quote would be a great false prophet, by the way. Because he's just so... Is he is. Yes, he's a false prophet, but as far as the false prophet, uh, this is what I think is interesting about this whole thing, this whole setup here, is the false prophet, what do we know about him? He looks like a lamb, but he speaks like a dragon. Remember Jesus, he, Jesus, thank you, Lord Jesus. He gave us the book of Revelation. It's the revelation, the apocalypse of Jesus Christ, right? And But he's the same one who told us in Matthew chapter 7, the greatest sermon I ever preached, sermon about, that beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, right? You know them by the fruit and so forth. Uh, so he used the sheep's clothing for the false prophet. They look like sheep. They'll come in. But how do you discern what they're, what, who they are? Because some love the quote, Matthew chapter 7, first verse or two, judge not unless we judged. Then they ignore the fact that Jesus goes on until he make all these different judgments about the narrow road versus the broad road, about true prophets versus false prophets, right? All these things. When he's talking about not judging hypocritically, amen, Jesus said in John 7, judge righteous judgment. We have to make judgments, okay? We need to do it in a loving way, not condemn people uh, by trying to run people on the ground, but lovingly address situations and say, what's right here, you know? Judge righteous judgment with compassion, but we also, when there's a cancer, you need to point it out, right? You need to dealt with it, even if it's in the church, right? So when it comes to the false prophet, he looks like a, a, but in Revelation, Jesus gives a little bit different picture there. He says, of the false prophet, he looks like a lamb, but he speaks like a dragon. And he has two horns. Horns represent powers. I believe it could be, I could, now this is very speculative, I admit, very speculative, but I'm speculating the best I can, okay? Uh, getting more information might change a little bit, but right now, the Pope is trying to join, and a lot of the emergence, and a lot of the ecumenical crowd, they're trying to join Rome right now, right? I believe the false prophet, those two horns could represent Catholicism and compromise Protestantism, possibly, because he's got two powers going for him. And those are two swaths of humanity that are outside of Islam. Well, how does that fit in with Islam? Really well. Keep in mind, he looks like a lamb. He looks like he represents Christianity. That's the lamb is Jesus over and over again. The lamb is used of Jesus over 30 times in the book of Revelation more than the rest of the book of the Bible put together, by far, multiple times more. But now it's used as a false prophet. He looks like that, but he speaks like a dragon. Who's the dragon? Revelation 12, 9, the dragon was cast down, the old serpent, Satan, the devil. He uses four different epitaphs for him in that one verse. He's a dragon, so he speaks Satan's words. So he claims to re represent Christianity, but he's drawing people astray in the name of Christianity, in the name of Christ, right? But Christ is redefined. And this is happening right now because you have the Bethel group, you know, you have the Nar group, many of them are saying so many wonderful, friendly things about Roman Catholicism. You have Rick Warren, right? You have, I mean, we could go on and on, right? And there's, you know, all kinds of things that we could underscore where there's, this is going on. It's been going on for quite some time. Where the gospel's being caught. They, they preach a different gospel. All kinds of our brothers and sisters were put to death by Rome, okay? Killed by Rome. Because, I mean, they dug up, 
I'm not going to do it. Let's get upset with Rome. <laughs> because it's, it's a bloody, wicked, false religious system. It's a different gospel. And I'm saying that because our gospels, we're saved by grace through faith, but not of ourselves, the gift of God, not of works of sin, we should boast. Amen? Anything that we do is fruit of what God is doing in us. Amen? It's never meritorious. It's never anything. Your, your, your fruit's important. Your works are important. Faith that works is dead. Show if you're following or not. But that's not what Mary did. In Roman Catholicism, you have to keep the second sacraments. You can get out of purgatory early and stop burning and torment there if, you know, you, you know your certain works are done for you, you know, on earth. Now that was candles. Candles we lit. You paid the Catholic Church to look at the candles, and then they can get out of purgatory sooner. But they've been teaching works righteousness for a long time. And we are condemned by the Council of Trent, which was a counter-reformation. And I've got the Council of Trent in my house. That's heavily underlined where those of us who believe we're saved by grace through faith, and we don't have to do all these Roman Catholic things to be saved, we're under the curse. Well, that's a different gospel. Rome and the Roman Catholic Church is under a curse. I'm not saying that doesn't mean there's not some saved people in there, but I believe that because there's people in there that put their head in their pillow and they're not trusting Mary, they're not doing all those things, and they're, 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 they're turning to Jesus, but I believe the Lord will lead them out eventually as well. So I'll say this. I believe he very well could be a pope. I and mean, why wouldn't Satan do that? Because he'd get a lot of... I mean, what would be more effective than using a pope as the false prophet? Now, how does that fit? To me, it fits more and more because I already lean that way. But then guess what? Then when you read the Hadiths and you read the, the prophetic teachings of the Muslims, when the Mahdi comes to Jerusalem, right? And he's going to, he steps forth to, and he's going to pray. Well, there's going to be a prayer. He's going to have a sidekick who's going to encourage people to follow the, the Mahdi, which will be the Antichrist, perhaps. Guess who his sidekick, what his name is? Isa. He's the Muslim Jesus. He's going to be with the Mahdi. Isa. That is not the Jesus of the Bible. Because remember, over and over again in the Quran, we read that God, Allah supposedly, has no son. But Isa is a, just a prophet. And he will be with the Mahdi in the end. And then guess what? The Mahdi will say, pray for us to the religious leader. Remember in the Bible, you have the beast and the false prophet working tandem together. And then the religious leader, Isa, will say, no, he'll defer to Mahdi and say the tension should go to you. And the false prophet will tell people to follow and worship or serve the Antichrist. I mean, to me, it's like it's like a hand in a glove in a lot of ways. I look at that, I'm like, what in the world, man? It's like they took the book of Revelation and saying it's like this. It shouldn't surprise us, but I still get surprised all the time. Like, why? Why is this? People are so they fall for this. It's so crazy. So I think it's important that we understand that they're that these players that we're talking about, to me, if this now, hey, you know what? I can be convinced otherwise if you give me evidence that 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 you know, but right now, man. It would make a lot of sense because I'm telling you right now, we did an article. Somebody was a religious leader. I'm not even going to mention his name right now because I'm hoping he'll turn. Everybody knows his name. Uh, he taught a teaching that just, I thought, I can't believe I know him. And he taught a teaching where, you know, you should warn against Rick Warren and all those different teachers. And you're hurting the body of Christ. If you warn them, you're basically like taking a hammer to the temple of God. And I called this guy up and I said, hey, and he didn't answer my call. It's okay. Because, you know, I'm working out, busy, so I text him a lot of things. I go, hey, what are you saying, man? And, and you know, and he used it to say, it's like, Adonis is a fire. And God killed him. And he said, I said to God, why are you killing these people that are saying these things about Rick Warren and, and Mark Driscoll and so forth? And, or Bickle, he said as well. He goes, why are you killing them, Lord? And I never heard this guy talk like that before. And I hear a lot of his teachings, but I know a lot of people love, love his teaching and stuff. And I'm like, what? what? Somebody showed it to me. I listened. I'm like, what in the world? And I said, I go, I go, I go, I did a whole article that was written, uh, World Net Daily published it. And it was about how, you know, it's got a common word document between us and them. 
And it's, it's Muslims in the Quran, it says, make a common word between us, Muslims, and them, the Christians. So we come together and become one. We get them to recognize Muhammad is a prophet. But you know what it says in that little tiny paragraph? Get them to deny that God has a son. And this common word document was signed by Rick Warren and a lot of other people. Okay? And I exposed a lot of the people, I was the only exposed it, but I exposed it in a certain way that got some attention because guess what? William Lee Craig, who was a junk professor there at the time, and he has a lot of good things to say, but I love a lot of what William Lee Craig says, and he's a junk professor over there at uh, Rick Warren's deal. And I knew that William Lee Craig had said a week earlier that those who signed that document basically signed up to become Muslims because Muhammad's called a prophet there. No kidding, Allah's God. And a bunch of professing Christian leaders signed that thing. And I quoted, well, I didn't have the exact quote. Well, I did. I think I went back and listened. I quoted where he says that. And Rick Warren's church called up uh, William Craig and said, because they didn't believe he would say that. And he said, yeah, I did say that. He wasn't talking about Rick Warren at the time, but Rick Warren's in there, right? And I didn't mean to cause any problems, but yeah, I did in a way, too. Because I want people to wake up to what's going on here and what people are saying and where this is going. So this guy, I said, hey, you know what? Rick Warren, da da da. He goes, I didn't know Rick Warren was in any of that. I go, read this thing. Send it to the uh, article I'd written for World Night Daily. And he said, I had no idea. Da, da, da. And he goes, how come John Piper invited him? Yeah. You know, you do some of your own homework, dude. Because he spoke with John Piper and in the conference. He sat down for an interview, too. Sat down for an interview. see more Yeah. You guys, the point of bringing all this up is what happens is people start to get associations with people that are compromised. Then they start defending them, compromising themselves. And they disdain with that same spirit to one degree or another. And I pray for these guys, you know? I, I want to believe because uh, I, I wept over this, you know, more than once. Because I want to believe these guys are some of the guys are sincere. And it just breaks your heart, man. It's like, what in the world? Because I think they're often a couple areas here and there, in my opinion, but it's like, you know, they love Jesus, they're going to get it hopefully, and as time goes on. And then sometimes they just go worse. You're like, what in the world? You know? So, you guys, I want to encourage you, you know? Look at what's going on and don't fall for people that say, hey, I got a word. They give you this, this revelation about the future and the dream that we have now. That's totally different than what God's word says. And we're talking about that uh, tonight because it's going to get, it's getting dark. It's getting dark right in the places where you think there's sincerity being preached at times. Because the, the, the lies within a lot of the truth sometimes will not keep you prepared for what's coming. And a lot of times those people, I don't believe, I'll be honest with you, I don't believe a lot of these people that are teaching certain things are off. Or like, how can I deceive them? I just think sometimes people, so there's those that creeping out of where, like Robert Tillman gets fake geared up, putting his eyes and stuff. There's those guys out there for sure, okay? But there's other people who, they just get off and they want to be part of the crowd and they want to teach what's popular to read. Sometimes it's how they make their living. Sometimes they don't want to change their viewpoint once they see certain scripture. I don't want to say who's doing what because God knows the heart. I'm just saying there's that thing going on there. So there are these different players. You want to be in tune. You want to study and show yourself approved, amen? We want to know what the word of God says. And we're dealing with these players here, but it looks, I don't want to spend much more time on the false prophet, but I would be surprised now. Don't say, yeah, the false prophet is the Pope. I don't want you to leave here saying it's got to be the Pope for sure. I always say, it could be the Pope. Got to keep your eyes on that guy. I want you to do that. I, don't, don't, I, I try not with any of these players to say that, even myself, this is him for sure. Oh, I, in my heart I say, it looks like him for sure. But I don't preach like he is him for sure because I don't want to get off. I don't want to ever say from the Lord and say, Joe, you know, you did some good here. But man, you, you really stuck your foot in the Pope and the You were wrong about that. No, so I'm going to say, looks like you. I'm not sure. <laughs> so, I love you guys. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com slash goodfight. 
Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll-free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.